and good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster here on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and uh, welcome aboard to a new week. Happy Monday uh, to you, Ray, and to all of our listeners. Uh, Ray, I hope it was a good weekend for you. I think you were out and about in the community. A busy community weekend, and uh, you almost have to get to Monday to, to catch your breath. So good morning to you. Hey, good morning to you, Zach. It was a busy weekend, but it was nice. Pretty warm out there. A little bit warmer than normal, but it was very nice. Yeah, Seclovia was one of the big community events. And the next, so here's the good news, the next eight or nine days are going to be in the 70s and 80s. And so there was a scare this week, and we were in the mid-90s, that maybe our, our wonderful spring was going to be cut short. And we have at least another nine or ten days, and and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better. Um, that's that's my unofficial news report on hey. not a weather show and our not a sports show show. I'll, so. take, I'll take better. That sounds good to me. <laughs> got to get through the rain first, so. Absolutely. Well, I want to jump right in. We kind of have a half-and-half half show. Uh, our Monday morning news hour is a time where we get to talk about the issues of the region of the week that happened since we left uh, the studio on the weekend. I've got two topics to talk with you uh, about on the back half of the show, but we're live in studio to start the show this morning with Mayor Tom Murphy, the mayor of the town of Sawarita. And there's lots to talk about, so let's get into it. Mayor, good to be with you. Thanks for starting the week with us. Absolutely. Uh, we had a busy weekend down in our area as well, so um, I'm happy to be here helping to yeah. represent Southern Arizona. I, I love it. Well, we have you on consistently as we try to have all, all the mayors on and the supervisors because this is a, a regional show for sure, and we have listeners all over Southern Arizona, uh, even into Cochise County and, and, and Pinnell as well. So, Absolutely. I, I count. I can't be on any less times than Mayor Honey. He won't let me live that down, so <laughs> I appreciate the balance. Well, I think at this point now I owe Mayor Honey a, a show, so we're, we try to keep y'all neck and neck. Uh, but but uh, you mentioned a busy weekend in, uh, in Sawarita, a great place to start. Some specific topics I wanted to ask you about as time allows, but give us the Sawarita update, especially for our listeners who are listening from there. Too. Yes, um, well, we're in a, certainly a, a great uh, path. Uh, we are moving forward on you know various fronts. Uh, this particular last Saturday, the Copper Hills Little League mm-hmm. um, has it's a, a sports organization that's been down uh, helping our young people since the '60s. The town wasn't wow. even incorporated until 1994. So just a great organization, and they asked me to throw out the f- first pitch. Uh, I skipped it. It didn't get all the way to the catcher. So oh, no. uh, I, I, I tried, but I didn't get a chance to warm up. Uh, <laughs> but to see kids out, smiling faces, uh, outdoors and activities, we're proud of our um, outdoor amenities, um, our fields, and it's always something to keep up with because our average age in Salrita is about 35. Mm-hmm. So lots of kids, lots of families. So staying out in front of that is very interesting um our home single family home permits um we have to go back to 2009 to match those numbers wow and i think we're on pace to beat this year over last year so um you know that's that's a really exciting opportunity um on there and we have a lot of businesses uh coming out of the ground retail and others Mm -hmm. i was presenting at a group uh, yesterday, uh, one of the local churches is celebrating 15 years of church planting in Salarita, mm-hmm. and I've been there 18 years, mm-hmm. and 
uh, they're going on a capital campaign to expand and purchase some land. And it was just interesting because I said, well, EG's is coming in now, so we've made it. Uh, we have EG's coming in, <laughs> along with many other um, you know, great retailers. So uh, that served us well to diversify our, our economy. And I know we'll touch on mm-hmm. Samtech at some point, but that's you know, mm-hmm. job creation and um, you know, jobs for our region, I think, are very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're trying to do our part down in Salarita to try to uh, allow people to work a little bit closer to home. Uh, years ago, we identified uh, about 70% tax leakage outside of our town mm. when we re- really were residential-based and we were as right. diversified as we otherwise could be. And that's what we've been on over the last seven years working on that project. Yeah, we talk about housing and jobs a lot on this show. And one of the ways, not the only way, it's not the only silver bullet, but one of the ways to keep housing prices as affordable as possible is to build supply to meet demand. Yes. And it sounds simple. It is simple. I think it should be simple, but it doesn't seem as easy uh, in some places as others. Uh, and so I think that's important. And then and then how do you grow the uh, the pie of resources in our cities and towns? To me, I think the answer is also very simple. More people buying more goods and services from more people. Right. That's how you grow more resources uh, and stop that tax leakage. And so uh, good to hear all those things are happening in yes. Sawarita. And, you know, it's, and it's a challenge that you have to tackle. So I think first you have to focus on it, then you have to plan for it, and then you have to most importantly implement uh, the plan. Uh, just a small example, we're very proud of the condition of our roads. So there's um, an overall condition index um, that you use to measure 100 being the highest. And we're at 78 right now. And we have a strategic, part of our strategic plan is to increase that number by two or three points each year. So all of our roads will be in good or very good condition after this year. And we supplement last year at the tune of about a half a million dollars to supplement HERF money, mm-hmm. highway user uh, funds, to make sure that roads to me are one of the things that uh, complete quality of life right. um, and help you know, with quality of life to do that. 100%. A quick follow-up on that, um, and we're doing good on time, which is actually a feat for us because yes, we, we could probably go hours <laughs> together, but we're actually on point today. Um, it is, there There are some who would say, you know, well, of course, Marana and Sawarita and Oro Valley can keep up their roads. It's a newer community. The roads have a little probably less traffic. They're less old. You know, um, you know of course, of course you're going to have good roads yes and and but remember um, as i mentioned before our area has been there um you know unincorporated for for many many years uh the school district um when the mines came in or sarco and uh, freeport they had other names before that but uh the, the roads themselves now the new roads uh i grant you are in better condition but if you're not uh, have a plan in place uh, mm-hmm. they become old roads and the things that you can do, fog sealing, crack seal, those types of things, you can get extra time before you have to go back to your full mill and overlay, which is very, very costly. So I think having that focus, um, intentional focus at the beginning when those new roads go in, because the temptation when there's other needs is to delay some of those treatments and do some of those things, which in at that day might seem 
cost-effective, but in the long run, it's not cost-effective because uh, as their roads deteriorate, it's much harder to keep up with them, and it becomes much more costly. I think underlying my question was, is the quality of Sawadita's roads policy or luxury? And I'm seeing that in some communities, some would say it's luxury. You know, Mayor, Mayor Tom is lucky to be in a newer community. What I'm hearing is that you have put a policy, policy in, in place, place to make sure that those roads stay the way they are. You're spending the dollars, you're front-loading the dollars, you're making the policy decisions to prioritize roads. This is not an accident or a luxury, this is policy. Absolutely, and that's always, I believe, reflected in our budget uh, because I always uh, mention at our budget meetings each year that public safety, to me, is first and foremost. If you're not a safe community, then we're not going to be having discussions on the next new home builder coming to our community or the next business um, or have the, uh, the revenues probably mm-hmm. to improve those roads. So our highest investment is in our public safety sector. Uh, roads mm-hmm. would be second, and then just behind that are sort of tied would be Parks and Rec and our signature events, again, adding to the quality of life. So I think quality of life is a full package. Yep. And to focus on the foundational things, um, which I believe of government, um, I think bodes well and then also allows mm-hmm. the investment by our investors to actually come in and uh, want to be part of our, our story, our town. Love it. There's the update from Sawarita from Mayor Tom Murphy, the mayor of Sawarita. We're going to go to our first break. When we come back, we'll talk the Sawarita Advanced Manufacturing and Technology Center. We'll call it Sam Tech the rest of the way, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not just kidding. We'll talk about that on the other side as well as you've been very much in the weeds on the Regional Transportation Authority and the renewal of it potentially in a few years. And so we'll talk about updates there as well. Lots to go. On the other side, when Tipping Point returns here on 1030 The Voice. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural loss sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Castor Family Ween of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. 
Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. We're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. We're live out of the Common Workspace Studios here on 1030 The Voice, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. And I'm in studio right now with Tom Murphy, the mayor of the town of Sawarita. Uh, we got a quick update for those of you listening who call uh, that municipality home here in Southern Arizona. Uh, a couple of other broader topics I wanted to talk with you about as we have time. Uh, the new Samtech uh, facility, Advanced Manufacturing and Technology Center that's being developed uh, in Sawadita. Tell us a little bit more about that and some big news since we last had you on the air. Yes, yes. Uh, no, thanks, Zach. And you know, it's just uh, part of that uh, quality of life puzzle that I was talking about before. So this was a partnership with so many people, but uh, EDA out of the federal government uh, put in uh, $3 million to help us. And it, it's been an interesting journey. This is not easy stuff to do as you mm-hmm. said sometimes things can look so simple uh, but it, it, it can be much more complicated so our first tenant was Swaro Solar uh, our second tenant uh, that was announced recently was uh, Power Photonics it's a wafer micro optics uh, company that works with the defense industry out of Scotland Edinburgh Scotland and we're going to be their North American headquarters because they Very needed cool. a, uh, a U.S. presence because of the defense industry. And then tonight we'll be um, approving a lease for Steel Jupiter. Uh, we will certainly hope. I, I don't get all seven votes. <laughs> I just get <laughs> right. one. But I'm anticipating we'll be voting for Steel <laughs> right. Jupiter. And it's a FXI um, coding technology that helps the efficacy of masks and mm-hmm. air filters mm-hmm. and those types of things. So then we'll be the uh, the sole manufacturing uh, for this company. And a lot of this came with the great partnership with the uh, University of Arizona Center for Innovation and the Tech Park. Um, they've sort of been our mentors of sorts, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, to, just to show you the challenges of the economy and inflation, solar, Swaro Solar, uh, was the first one, but they're actually um, needing to exit their lease, um, which will give us more space for power photonics and steel Jupiter. 
but it just shows you the struggle when they were looking at their uh, tenant improvement uh, costs uh, throughout the market. Um, as you uh, highlight on the show all the time with labor and materials and supply chain and all those types of things, it was the tenant improvement costs were, I think they were three times what we had anticipated. And uh, that was going to be a little bit too heavy of a lift. So sometimes you have great news and yeah. a, a little bit of uh, you know bad news comes with it. But we're going to work mm-hmm. with them to actually try to keep them and find them um, mm-hmm. some other additional space. But uh, the the cost of construction has just it's enormous. It's enormous, and that goes to housing yep. and yep. affordable housing and yep. all these other things. So it did allow them uh, the other companies to take a little additional space, which is positive. So we'll have 27,000 square feet of the 32. We'll only have 5,000 square feet left um, to lease up. So uh, both of those companies average between 90 and $95,000 uh, mm-hmm. average salary, which is huge. Uh, it's just huge for our area. And I really want our region to thrive and have our businesses land here and not in Casa Grande, and not in Glendale, (laughs) heck, not even in Queen Creek. (laughs) It's an upward climb. It is an upward climb. But I think, again, whether it's roads or anything else, you have to be intentional. You have to, you know, focus on what's important, uh, plan for it. But I think, you know, supporting and executing that plan um, is sometimes the missing piece Mm -hmm. uh, for some communities. Um, We can, I've always said, I think it actually, when I was with Dr. Crow at, um, some meeting, he, I think he said talk wasn't action. Uh, it's not action. You know, you can be talking, but it doesn't mean you're implementing. And uh, so that makes it, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think much more impactful when we can produce these kinds of, you know, jobs uh, for our community. And again, that will diversify our tax base right. um, and allow workers to stay closer to home, which again, if they have kids in our local schools, you know, maybe they do have the opportunity mm-hmm. to pop out and um, see an award ceremony for mm-hmm. their child as opposed to commuting from, uh, from some of those other right. great towns that we mentioned earlier that right. I'd rather have them stay here. Right. Well, a quick follow-up to that and we'll move on. Speaking of those other cities and towns, so Tech Parks, you know, Arizona is a, is a partner of this show as well. We share that partnership. You know, they've got some great things going on up in Oro Valley. Oro yes. Valley just had Leonardo move there. Um, there's Tech Parks buildings that are connecting to the U of A and Ward 5 in the city of Tucson. So in that sense, there's a lot of theoretically places that these companies you just mentioned could have gone, right. but they landed in Saborita. Why, in a few words, why why there, and does that is that a model going forward? Yes, well, I, th- I think we always try. They make every business makes their own individual business decision, um, but some of the things that we have uh, heard was, um, you know, we were easy to work with. Um, you know, we were passionate about this work. We were welcoming. Um, we did whatever we needed to do to try to um, show them whether it's great housing and you know great events because when you bring a business uh, more importantly you bring their workers and more importantly than that you bring their families mm-hmm. and if the family is not on board mm-hmm. um, from my memory of my 21 years in the Air Force you know you can recruit the active duty person but you yeah. retain the family That's right. and I was always happy as you know an Air Force member that we had a very high reenlistment rate and those mm-hmm. types of things and that goes into quality of life and um, having the uh, the family happy and wanting to be bought into the process. So, um, you know, to have someone come in from Edinburgh, Scotland, and now, of course, at 
helps when Raytheon's in the area and some of these other defense industries, but they do have individual decisions and the quality actually in the construction of the Samtech building and how it was, you know, purposefully built and facing the mountains and things like that. I think it just worked into their business model and it was something that they would be proud to show off when they have their visitors or attracting whether U.S.-based engineers and such or folks um, coming over from Scotland. So, and I I think that would be the same case, hopefully, for Steel Jupiter. So it's a full package. Um, Gotcha. And I think that's, as a region, what we have to be providing is what are the reasons they would come to the Tucson region as opposed to go to Phoenix or Casa Grande or any of these other communities. And again, it has to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the code we're trying to crack you know, yes. here, on, here on this show for sure. Uh, mayor Tom Murphy is with us, the mayor of Sabuadita. A little less than, I think, two minutes, uh, uh, mayor, but are you pleased with the current condition of the Regional Transportation Authority in terms of all municipalities continuing to stick it out? after what was a really testy last 12 months. Yes, and um, I am. Um, I, I love regional unity. I try to help um, pop, uh, promote regional unity. But, you know, we're all individual represent- representatives of our communities. Um, but it does come with some challenges. But I, I certainly do agree to have everybody as it was in 2006, to have all the... Uh, the county, the municipalities, and the two nations, uh, uh, Indian nations, to um, vote unanimously to uh, move the plan forward. Because mm-hmm. my main focus always is, what is the plan going to look like, and will it be supported mm-hmm. uh, by the residents? Because that's the only thing that counts. I can think I know what the residents of Salvarito want, um, and I think, uh, or the other municipalities as well. But if the voters don't support it, it doesn't really matter what I think or the package we put together. So having all those town halls last time, I think there was 200 meetings um, to help mold it. So my hope is that the Citizens Advisory Committee um, does that same groundwork and more importantly listens to the folks listens to the residents because they're 35 members you know we have nine but if again the package doesn't look passable uh, from, for our residents and beneficial for the region, not individual uh, municipalities, but for the region, then it's not going to pass. And um, so we're going to, I will be monitoring as closely as possible to, to make sure that we can put out the best package available. Super. Mayor Tom Murphy, thank you for starting your Monday and ours uh, with you together. Thanks for coming down. My pleasure. It's always a great week when I get to start it with you. I 100% agree. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate what you're doing in Sawarita, and uh, uh, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely, but not before Ed Honey. Correct. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tucson, that does it for our top of the hour conversation with the mayor of Sawarita, Mayor Tom Murphy. When we come back, a couple segments from me. We'll talk homelessness and climate change in the region. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. Bloomberg and CBS News, followed by more Tipping Point and Hugh Hewitt at 10 on 1030 The Voice. 
1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the nearly 60 startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges currently under construction, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hey you, if you're like a lot of people in Tucson, you'd love to look at a new home while interest rates are still low, but you hear prices have gone up, competition is fierce, and you'd just rather avoid the hassle. I'm Kathleen Jernigan with CNC Partners, and I want to tell you that you can make the move now. Our team is one of the most successful in greater Tucson, helping buyers get results in this hot market. Call 520-406-0233 and let us know you heard us on Tipping Point to schedule a no-strings-attached conversation to see if we can be on your team. Tucson, your Tucson Museum of Art is pleased to present the Patrick Martinez Look What You Created exhibition and his first solo museum exhibition in the American Southwest. Los Angeles-based artist Patrick Martinez explores sites of personal, civic, and cultural law sustained over recent years in America. Opening just this month through April 24th, you can go see it in the Casser Family Wing of Latin American Art. TucsonMuseumOfArt.org to get your tickets now. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for The Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. If you're just joining us here at the bottom of the hour, welcome live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Happy Monday to all those listening uh, and joining us here at the top of the week. Our goal on our Monday morning news hour is to make your week uh, as easy to slide into by uh, talking about the issues of the day. And we started at the top of the hour uh, with a guest conversation with the Mayor Sawadita, Mayor Tom Murphy, and that is always a uh, that is always a good time uh, and uh, you know Ray I was thinking during the break uh, Mayor Murphy just makes the world make sense uh, <laughs> when he's on uh, in, in, in a com- in a seemingly complicated complex world uh, he, he he makes things a little easier to understand uh, I was thinking you know hey we're going to make policy to keep our roads really great because that's a foundation we're going to make sure we have a safe community because that's foundational. Uh, we're going to build more housing because that's needed. We're going to create more local jobs. And uh, we're going to invite businesses in by making it easy so that sales tax revenue goes up so we have more resources to make a great family community. And if we do all those things, everything else happens. And I'm over here going, yes, yes, that's that's how that's how yes, that's how it works. <laughs> so It's very refreshing. <laughs> he is a he is a he is a beacon of common sense in a world that is feeling murkier by the day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, so always good to start with the mayor. By the way, if you're listening uh, and you live in Sawadita, as I know many of you do, and you didn't get to hear the whole interview, he gave an update on what's going on there. 
the top of the hour, you can check it out uh, by going to kvui.com forward slash podcast, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify. You can find the podcast version of this uh, anywhere uh, for anything that you missed. 520-790-2040 is your live on opportunity anytime to give us a call in. I want to talk a little bit about homelessness, just a little bit. Uh, and I also want to talk about uh, climate change in the region. Uh, and uh, one response to it, and I, and I, I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, but first, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall, and they're serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, uh, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger. And mention the next time that you go in that you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 1515 percent discount off your uh, off your next meal uh, so uh, before before we have to uh, hit our next commercial break I wanted to uh, report out on something that I was a part of this weekend I joined uh, along with many other community members the Ward 1 office and the District 5 office Ward 1 is Councilmember Santa Cruz in the city of Tucson District 5 is Supervisor Grijalva's uh, district there uh, on the west and south side uh, for a cleanup of the uh, Santa Cruz wash in uh, my direct neighborhood this weekend. It was for, uh, I think it was for World Water Day, but it was a realization that the Santa Cruz River, the wash, um, is getting uh, overrun um, by the issues of homelessness uh, and and really the the you know kind of the the trash and the kind of waste that comes from folks who for whatever reason either by choice or 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 by circumstance uh, have to live um, unhoused and without a roof over their head and uh, it was in a piece that was in my direct neighborhood and so I, I went out for a bit on Saturday morning for that cleanup. And of course, we want to start out by by thanking both offices for putting this together and for getting community members together to not just sit and complain uh, behind a mic or behind a desk or at the water cooler, but to actually go out and do something. And I would urge um, that if you are doing more complaining uh, than you are getting out there and doing something, um, you know, please hear me out of love. Fix that ratio. Uh, something. Um, whatever it is, um, whether it is with a political party or volunteer or something, uh, get out there and do something. So I want to thank those offices uh, for putting this together. It was very much needed. But I wanted to share what I saw because I think it's important to storytell what we see out in the community. Uh, and we know that there's 200, 250 homeless encampments estimated uh, in the city of Tucson, at least right now. It was reported by the Department of Housing and Community Development for the city of Tucson. We know the problem in Pima County is really we need to somehow put a roof over the head of 2,000 people uh, on a given day, on a given night in Pima County. And I've talked on this show before about how I am starting to have a very different path, a different solution than I think the powers that be uh, have on this current situation. What is the best way to put a roof over 2,000 people's heads? Uh, I have been advocating for a shelter first, treatment first, housing earned approach because I think it's more scalable. Uh, but those are the numbers. 
And I spent my time there cleaning the wash uh, under one tree in one small section uh, of the wash, uh, pulling out mounds and mounds and mounds of all kinds of trash that you can imagine uh, and all kinds of smells that you can imagine. Large bag after large bag of trash under this one uh, it wasn't even an encampment in terms of multiple people. It looked like it was housing, you know, housing, air quote, one or two people. And I actually wasn't even sure if it was still occupied or not. Uh, we obviously didn't bother some of the pieces that looked occupied. But uh, spilling down into the wash was more trash than you can imagine that we just pulled out. And it just wouldn't stop. And it was all kinds of trash that you can imagine. Uh, I pulled out a piece, uh, a, a pamphlet uh, of how to use a, a certain medication to stop an opioid overdose. Moments before we found piles of needles, a pile of needles um, that were there. And I'm not trying to dramatize this. Uh, and I don't always combine my life outside of the studio uh, in storytelling, you know, behind the mic. But I think this is important. Uh, because there were clear indications um, of, of drug use and drug overdose. And we can't um, sanitize this situation that we are seeing to the point where we forget the underlying causes. And my friends, I'm not sure the underlying cause is a lack of housing. I think it is in some specific circumstances. Individuals that uh, have done some ride-alongs and drive-throughs of that area certainly find the single mother with two kids who just got evicted. That exists. And you can't talk around that. You can't ignore that. That exists. But what also exists are the challenges of mental health and drug abuse that we absolutely have to solve and bring the accountability around to solve if we're going to tackle this problem. And so I got out off my couch this weekend. It's not a pat on my back. This is just storytelling. I, I got off of the couch. I put on clothes um, and, and stepped into um, one of, I think, an example of some of the saddest, most frustrating uh, humanitarian situations we face in our community. This is not theoretical uh, to me. It hasn't been uh, since a tent city started growing in my neighborhood. I am storytelling my real life. And I think many people are seeing with their eyes what is happening. Uh, let, let, me, let me close on this because I just wanted to simply report on that. I wanted you to see what I saw. I uh, often keep track of mayoral elections around the country. I was joking with Mayor Murphy that I'm a, I'm a nerd. But uh, I, I said last week that American cities are like Christmas Hallmark movies. Once you've seen a few, you've seen them all. You, you know where things go. You know the plot line. You know what happens and you know how it ends. Uh, and the city of Los Angeles is in the middle of a mayoral election. Eric Garcetti is going to step away after uh, almost nine years of leading the city of Los Angeles as mayor. And there's a variety of candidates who had a debate last week about how they would solve certain situations. And they were asked, what is one thing that Eric Garcetti has done well? And, and what is one thing in Los Angeles that Eric Garcetti has not done well? And there were a number of visionary things that Eric Garcetti has done well that they mentioned. Even those who don't like the guy, they answered the question. I appreciate that. Uh, transportation system envisioning. Uh, climate change. Uh, there were some big things that as a visionary, Eric Garcetti was passionate about. But almost to a man and woman, 
they said that a failure of the Eric Garcetti tenure in Los Angeles was that he lost sight on the ground of the issue of the emergency that homelessness was becoming. Don't want to say he ignored it, but he lost sight of the crisis that it was becoming. And now it is too late. Now there are something like 40,000 people unhoused, homeless, in Los Angeles. And it is a problem that now candidates are having to say, maybe we call a state of emergency on this thing. And my growing concern is that if we don't address this issue big enough, bold enough, strong enough, firm enough, then the hallmark city nature of the American city will, will come to roost here at home very, very soon. Let me close on this. I've been talking about, as one writer put it, a pro-human, pro-civilization, pro-cities morality that considers public spaces as sacred and order as essential to freedom. We should be restoring, this is my new favorite word, oikophilia, the love of one's home. We cannot be a loveless city. We have to love our unhoused neighbor and we have to love our neighbors who pay taxes and buy into a social contract that preserves the sanctity of public and community space. And most cities don't figure that out. And I think Tucson's at a tipping point of also not figuring it out. So I'm, I'm starting to say on this show, we have to both celebrate and litigate. We have to celebrate the good and the possible and litigate the barriers at the same time. And I think this is an issue, and I saw it with my own hands and my own eyes, uh, that when we don't get these situations under control, according to a humanitarian social contract, a pro-human, pro-civilization, pro-cities morality, what can happen? And it saddens me uh, on many levels, the situations I'm getting to see with my own eyes and, and in some respects, uh, repair with my own hands um, what I got to see this weekend. We have to keep paying attention to this issue. It is spiraling out of control. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, uh, I, I want to talk about my hot take on the role of cities and climate change. I think it's going to surprise most people listening. And then I have a thought beyond that. Uh, But some interesting stuff came out in the paper this week, and I want to give you my thoughts on this Monday morning news hour as we talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future that happened since we left studio and are going to shape the weeks ahead. That's what we try to do here on Monday. We'll be right back. Tipping Point returns on 1030 The Voice. national politics the issues that matter to you 1030 the voice tucson's trusted local news and talk why i love where i live it's a brand and movement that began here in tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live located in the open air mercado san Agustin annex just west of downtown it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food drink and other shopping options close by find gifts toys books and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. In 2021, FC Tucson was just getting started. We're building something special that all of Tucson can be proud of. Don't miss FC Tucson in action in 2022. Secure your season tickets now at fctucson.com or call 520-600-3095 and download the FC Tucson app in the App Store or Google Play to get updates on MLS preseason as FC Tucson welcomes the biggest teams in U.S. soccer in January and February. Tucson, have you heard of local nonprofit Impact of Southern Arizona? Where we are more than just a food bank, with a clothing bank, youth and senior programs, where we are moving people forward. Arizona Gives Day is coming up on April 5th and 6th, where you have the chance to support organizations like Impact. Learn more about Impact of Southern Arizona and our critical programs at www.impactsoaz.org. Located just two doors down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger opened just last fall and is serving up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. They're open Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson and mention you heard about them on Tipping Point for 15% off your next order. Hey, guys, if you're a man over the age of 30 and you want to accelerate fat loss, gain lean athletic muscle, and build habits to maintain results, then the Sustainable Strength System is for you. I was hanging on to 30 pounds myself that I didn't need. And in this new year, I signed up with Akil for this 90-day program that coaches you through reaching your fitness goals with a focus on intelligent programming, nutrition, injury prevention, and lifestyle. And it's working. I'm losing the weight. If you're ready for a three-month journey to better health and strength, go to SustainableStrengthSystem.com. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Monday political face-off at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. This is our Monday morning news hour here on Tipping Point, live on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice. Welcome in or welcome back in. Uh, if you have been with us, it is our Monday morning news hour. We spoke with Mayor Tom Murphy, the Mayor of Sawadita, uh, in the first half. Uh, we we talked about my uh, experience cleaning up the Santa Cruz and seeing uh, in real life uh, the impacts and underlying causes in so many ways of homelessness in our community. I shared that uh, in the third segment. And I shared also, and I'll move on real quick after this, that, that I want this show to be known as a place where we celebrate and litigate. I, I like the fact that it kind of rhymes and it sounds good. But I want to I want to celebrate the good and the possible, and I want to litigate the barriers along the way. And, and I said this in many in, many times on this show. I, I, I am in so many different rooms in Tucson. There's a room where nothing good can come out of uh, Tucson, and I'm in rooms where nothing bad can happen if you're part of a team. And I think both rooms are desperately out of touch. 
I say that out of love, for the right reasons, for love of community. I think both rooms are out of touch. We have a responsibility to celebrate the good and the possible and to litigate the barriers along the way. And I think in this show, we've done both in the same space, in the same hour. So that checks my box. That's my heart on this show because this community is too beautiful and too great with too much potential to play around. That has to stop. We have to celebrate and litigate. I wanted to give you a quick hot take and some thoughts that were spurred on by uh, some conversation in the news this week around uh, climate change, aridification, whatever word that makes sense to you. Let me start out by giving you kind of this hot take. Cities are and should be on the front lines of aridification, climate shift, whatever word you want to use. Cities are frontline actors, and they should be. They are today, and they should be tomorrow. Uh, look, and I'm a local control guy. I believe this on many fronts. Right? I think we give the national level and the state level way too much credit and way too much uh, benefit of the doubt of what they can solve. I think solutions happen best when they happen locally. And I absolutely think cities are on the front lines of these issues, and they should be. Take a look no further than Francis Suarez, the Republican mayor of Miami who has made climate change a significant position of his administration. He just got reelected last year. Because for him, and like many cities, these are not theoretical situations where we bring snowballs into the houses of Congress. But if it's happening, we see it most live and up to date. And whether or not you think that the climate is shifting or changing and whether man is a part of it or not, we know that in our region, we are aridifying. We are a dry place getting drier. So in, in, in the spirit of celebration and litigation, I think there's a lot that can be done locally. And, and I think it is good that the city of Tucson has said as a city, we have a responsibility to tackle this issue. The city of Tucson has declared a climate emergency as part of its plan to be carbon neutral by 2030. This is a decade-long plan. It was declared early on. Uh, in the uh, this current administration's tenure, the seven who, uh, in this case, sit on the Tucson City Council in uh, either late, late, late 2019 or early 2020, uh, declared a climate emergency. But, but I also want to say that that a, a, as serious as that topic is, w- we have to, uh, I think, make sure that as a citizenry. Uh, we are making sure that on a variety of issues that we are not governing by slogan but are governing by action because cities should be on the front lines and we should be tackling this issue. So here's more celebration and litigation uh, that came to mind. Uh, We're planting more trees than Phoenix for sure. Um, But friends, we're not going to reach 1 million trees by 2030. We've planted 40,000 trees in the last two years, which, like, let's celebrate that. That's a lot of trees. And it's, it's it heads and shoulders above what peer communities are doing. It shows a seriousness. But, but our goal is, in eight years, a million trees. And we keep saying that. But we're on a 25-year pace. So let's just be clear. Phoenix, by the way, wants to plant 100,000 by 2030. A much more, I think, achievable goal. We keep saying we're going to plant a million trees by 2030. We're not, according to the current pace. 240 buses uh, is the SunTran fleet. Five have been electrified, and that's a good thing. But the plan is to transition all those out to electrified buses by 2028. It's not going to happen. 
And, and look, again, I want to keep going back. I, I think that cities should be on the front lines of this issue. But I think it's really important that we're digging deeper and not just taking things at face value. We're not playing a million trees by 2030. We're not transitioning out. Uh, we've only transitioned out five buses to electric buses of the 240 in the SunTran fleet. We have six years to transition out 235 more buses. It's not going to happen. Absent of some substantive investment from the federal level. And it was interesting. Some of this got spurred on um, by a, a piece written by um, Sam Kamak in, in The Star this weekend where he said, look, for two years, the city of Tucson has had the opportunity uh, to uh, uh, use some of the natural gas uh, from the Los Reales Sustainability Campus, the landfill, uh, to create climate-friendly bus fuel. But we haven't done that yet. And uh, I, I, I want to be clear that if we are going to set goals and set policy, that we have to be serious about the progress and that our action has to back up our talk. And, uh, and, and look, this is not political. I think there are examples of this uh, in many different areas in our greater Tucson area, th th that we have some urgent issues that I think right now we are sloganeering around. And the facts and the action don't back that up. And they need to. Like We all need to be behind a community that is meeting urgent needs, that is creating more housing, uh, that is solving homelessness, that is safe, uh, that is repairing roads. There's a lot of work to do. We all need to be behind it and pulling uh, on the same rope in the same direction. But we cannot celebrate without litigating. We need to celebrate and litigate. And uh, it was interesting in Sam's article, there was a couple council members on the Tucson City Council that keep saying, look, I think we're doing way more talking and way more planning than we are doing action. And I think it's important for Tucsonans to cut a little bit beneath the slogan and make sure uh, that the work is getting done. And if we're judging the results, I'm not sure that it's getting done. And, and again, this comes from passion, love, love for the community out of the right reason. This community is too great to play around and, and to skirt the issue. I want to celebrate and I want to litigate. Uh, that piece by um, by Sam Kamak, you can find it on uh, uh, Tucson.com if you're if you're on, or it was also, I believe, kind of near the front page or front page over um, over the weekend. Check it out. Stay up to date. Uh, stay connected to to what is happening, uh, and if promises made or promises kept. I think that's an important part of being a citizen. That does it for our news hour today. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Uh, ben Bueller-Garcia, a friend of this show, a friend of this station, is going to uh, lead a really in-depth housing conversation. I'm looking very much forward to it with a variety of people who are leading out on that effort in our community. Uh, on Wednesday, we'll hear from our Faith and Culture contributor, Pastor Jeff Loxon. Uh, but Pima County Attorney Laura Conover will be my guest for the second half of that show. Uh, very much looking forward to that conversation. Uh, and there's so much more coming up this week that I'm excited about. Keep us on your dial here, 1030 The Voice. You hear what's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon, Tucson. We'll see you at 9 on Tuesday. Thanks for listening.